Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs! My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother Dusty. Dusty, how is it going? I think you're on location for this episode, right? <laughs> I am absolutely on location. I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona. I took the family. We're going skiing for two days, and we got a hotel, and we're just hanging out at the hotel. The kids are swimming, or they're going to be swimming in a few minutes, and so I'm like, get out of the room so I can record the podcast. <laughs> Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, it would have been so much nicer if you were on location, like in Hawaii or Barbados, wherever they filmed the movie, you know? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we had to be one of these go- days. We'll, we'll be on location for something. Absolutely. And if you think of um, watching this on YouTube, you're going to see my face being really red. Got a lot of sun and it's just, it's definitely got a lot of color. Plus last week I went three days skiing in Lake Tahoe, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, so I got a lot of sun there too. So I, if you look at that YouTube, if you're looking at us at this, um, you'll see sky looks normal. I'm red. I'm like beat red. <laughs> yep. For sure. For sure. Do you put on, I imagine you do at least right sunscreen on your face when you go. No. Or do you not bother? No. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, actually, what I do is I like to actually have the – I want to prove to everybody that I went skiing. So I usually just wear my goggles and make sure like my – I'm nice and uh, uh, not sunblocked up. Maybe get a little wet, like put some water on my forehead so I get (laughs) a little more, you know, see uh, the sun magnifying in. I want to make sure people know, hey, that dude went skiing. (laughs) Yep. Cool beans. So, Dust, we watched Fantasy Island. Now – in the last episode, uh, you know, we we played a repeat of Aquaman, and I said we were going to watch uh, Harley Quinn, uh, assuming it was any good. And I didn't really care for it, so you and I didn't watch it. Uh, 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 are you kind of bummed out that you know you didn't get to see the movie? Actually, no, the Harley no, Quinn I, one. I, no, no. I mean, I, you know, ha- having a Harley Quinn movie. She, I mean, she's her, her character is kind of interesting. It's it's different than like Joker. Or any other, you know, normal bad guy. So it'd be kind of interesting to see the take because she's like the number two to the bad guy to see what that how that plays out. Um, but I wasn't dying at all to to watch it. Um, plus, just DC movies in general, other than Aquaman. Oh, and I went back and listened to our Aquaman. I wouldn't listen to it again. I was like, man, that was a fun show to do. You know, that's a good movie. I haven't watched it again. I got to go back and watch that one again. But yeah, in general, DC has not been doing that well. I mean, they began getting better. You know, as they put out new movies, they started learning, but apparently they didn't learn a whole ton. Is that what you're saying? Uh, This one felt a lot like Suicide Squad, which I didn't care for at all. And it was really weird storytelling. You have the whole perspective of the movie is from Harley Quinn's perspective, and she's kind of psychotic. Her mind bounces back and forth. She's just, you know, squiggly minded and whatever. So the story bounces back and forth. and It's easy to follow along. But, you know, she tells a story and then she jumps back to three days before and then she jumps back again. And it was just kind of tough to follow. And I just didn't enjoy it as much. Um, but it, it it's kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't enjoy that at all. But I think it was my attitude going into it because I was thinking to myself, oh, geez, I, I know it's going to be a lot of the same as Suicide Squad. And I didn't like that. I'm not going to like this. So I had a poor attitude uh, going into that one, which... I purposely changed the attitude. I had a good attitude going into Fantasy Island, and I think that helped me thoroughly enjoy the movie. How did you feel about it? I 
See, I'm a little different take on like your anticipation, um, uh, kind of energy level and attitude going into it. Because if I'm like excited for it or not really excited, if like, if I have a good attitude going into it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I'm let down. I'm like, oh, that's even worse, you know? So I'm kind of a little bit of torn on that, but going into watching fantasy Island, I didn't know what to expect other than an island, almost like a, I was expecting some sort of game show type of thing. Uh, not game show. That's not the uh, reality TV reality, show type yeah. thing. Yeah. And I saw that it was going to be a horror type movie. And I'm not a huge horror fan, but this did not do like, this wasn't like The Ring or, you know, just things that was so dramatic, so drawn out and like, okay, it's been two hours. Finally jump out of the well and kill the girl. Like just, just do it. It's so horrible now but watching this movie i was actually much more pleased with um the storytelling and the way it played out and in the end after i got done with it, i was like i i wasn't disappointed like i was i didn't walk away thinking like oh man i want my money back or my life back i actually did enjoy it good i'm glad to hear man i i feel the exact same way i thoroughly enjoyed it now i didn't go into the movie with high hopes or low hopes at all I went into the movie with kind of like just an open mind, like whatever they're about to present, I'm going to be happy with. I didn't watch trailers ahead of time. If you watch the trailer now, it spoils so much. It's one of the worst trailers ever. So I'm glad I didn't watch it, right? But I went into the movie just with the attitude, oh, I'm going to hopefully see a good movie. Now, I heard it was horror just like you did, and but it's rated PG-13. So ahead of time, I thought to myself, horror, PG-13, this isn't really going to be horror. I'm not going to see blood and guts and stuff. It's going to be more like a thriller. That's what I thought. And then when I heard Michael Pena's in it, and I didn't know what his role was going to be. I just heard Michael Pena's going to be in it. Great. We're going to get some comedy, right? I didn't know he was Mr. O'Rourke, you know, or Mr. Rourke. Um, uh, so I was expecting comedy and stuff. And so I just, I didn't have a horror vibe going into it. And I think that helped because if you go in expecting horror, you're going to be sorely disappointed in this movie. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm glad, though, because I went into it thinking it was a horror movie uh, in the traditional sense of the word. And it wasn't, which was good. I, and you're right. Being PG-13 and horror at the same time it doesn't really fit. You know, R and horror fit really, really well together. Um, but yeah, so uh, seeing I didn't watch any trailers beforehand. I good. just like we always never, never watch trailers. I try to tell people. Just in like random people I meet or friends. And when we start talking about movies, I say, you know what I do now is I don't watch trailers. And people are like, what? Really? Just like I did to you. When you said the same thing, like, what? Why would you not watch trailers? But in reality, if you don't watch trailers, it's going to be so much better because you have so little knowledge of what's going to happen. You're just a blank slate and you're just taking the story in. And so when it came to this movie, I had no clue. I had no idea. I just saw that it was a horror movie, but PG-13. So I was like, okay, you should be okay. Um, but as it went through the storytelling, I thought, you know what? This is pretty good. Now I got to ask you, at what point in the movie did you feel like, okay, I know who the bad guy is? At no point. At no time. I was wondering who the bad guy is going to be. What's the twist going to be? And then all of a sudden when we found out it was Melanie, I didn't see that coming at all because – I mean, you kind of you got to expect it's going to be somebody, some character that you've seen already. And this leads to like the only issue that I have with the movie, the twist with her being bad because she's torturing Sloan. She's obviously uncomfortable. She obviously wants to befriend Sloan. But then it was all an act. But we saw that whole scene from her perspective. She was obviously into it, thinking it was fake. And then when it was real, she flipped. That's where the movie 
that's my only complaint with the movie because that did not make sense. If we saw the whole movie from Sloane's perspective, being in the room and then getting tortured and then Dr. Torture comes in, totally different story. But from Melanie's perspective, it didn't work. That That's the one thing. I would complete. I do completely agree. The only thing that gets me a little different in being okay with it is that she was filming it, but we didn't see, or it was when she pushes record when she should be acting. Cause if it was just me and you we're going into a room, we know what's going on. We're like, ha I got her and all that sort of stuff. Like we'd be just nonchalant. Okay. I know what this is at. know what this is. Is okay. I got, now I got to put my game face on hit record game face on. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But that was never interesting. Like it. Yeah, I so, never considered it was she was acting for the film. So now that you say that, it makes a little more sense. Maybe that's why they had her record it, because at no other time in the movie did anybody whip out a phone and start recording stuff. So that's that's a good point. That's a good on your part. That makes me kind of uh, be a little bit happier with the, the twist that they had now. Yeah, but at, also, I will say, though, that the beginning, before she actually hit record, she what she was acting then like it, it's not necessary. So that but but it really helps to kind of trick you in the very end that she's actually the bad, the bad guy, the bad lady. Um, but that was really rather interesting. Like literally nobody had cameras that were recording any of this stuff, which is rather funny. In fact, a lot of movies, especially that are today, like set in today. Everybody has a phone. And so if there's anything going, I can't remember. There was something I was watching. I literally can't remember off the top of my head what it was. But I know at this time, people have cell phones. Like literally pull out your cell phone, start recording, and then upload it to YouTube and send it, send it out. Like it might have been one another movie we just uh, we just did. But um, every single thing, it's like literally record it, send it out. You know everybody not just has a phone, but everybody is like, I, instead of helping that guy that felt like I'm just kind of abstractly thinking because uh, it's happened before you're in a train station or the subway station, a guy falls off the tracks. I'm just going to pull up my phone and record what happens instead of going and helping the guy get out of the train tracks and getting killed. Um, so, you know, people are going to be recording. So, um, but yeah, so throughout the whole movie, you didn't see um, anybody do any recording. Probably, you know, it would have been neat if it would say, okay, we're locking up your phones because this is something, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, so well, at I the beginning, think- Melanie looked at her phone and said, well, I guess no, no phone service. I guess there's one thing the island can't do. She said something like that. So that was kind of their explanation there. Yeah, but still at the same time, it's, you know, uh, I think of like Princess Bride, you know, would you please like the um, uh, Wesley's getting tortured. He's all, then the torturer says, would you please tell me how you feel for posterity's sake? You know, same thing for posterity's sake. I'm going to record for posterity's sake. That's right. This is what happened. (laughs) That's right. Well, yeah, you're right. Brax's character, as soon as he saw that room pull open with all those half naked dude and all those bongs, he would have whipped out his camera and said, look where I am and done a selfie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have done that for sure. Yes, absolutely. Especially when people start dying. You'd be like, dude, I gotta record this because nobody's yeah. gonna believe me. Anytime for there's sure. something that nobody's gonna believe you, you should pull out your phone and start recording it. Cause that's literally what's gonna happen is you're gonna be able to say, look, look. And so that's what she was doing with uh I can't remember the Melanie. Melody or Melanie? Melanie. Melanie. Um, with the the girl that was, you know, bullying her. Um, you know, you know, watch this. Cause this is, you know, this is me, obviously her acting, but, um, so going to the very beginning, what, I guess my question was to you, at what point did you realize that the, who the bad person was? I was always trying to figure that out who the bad person was. I just assumed that the bad person was the Island and the Island. Cause it was okay. It's a horror movie. There are bad, you know, people dying and all sorts. I just was assuming that the bad person was the, the Island, but when um i can't remember what the uh 
the one lady that wanted the the daughter. I can't remember her name. When Maggie she went Q back, is the actress. Okay. Uh, yeah. When she realizes that, hey, this when. is not my. Yeah, this is not the fantasy that I wanted. I want a different one. She goes back and actually does that, and she starts picking out like, "Oh, you're there. Oh, you're there. Oh, we have we have a connection. What's the deal?" Um, which is rather interesting. Obviously, at that point, everybody's thinking, "What's really going on?" Like, there's something deeper than just the the, um, the island. Now, here's here's a big thought for you. What do you think the difference? Not difference. That's not the right way to say it. With this movie, Fantasy Island versus lost like the entire season of of lost and having the island being because i was thinking it's another loss so like it's the island being the bad guy what are your thoughts between the two um well they're completely different islands the island in lost has magical i guess powers or properties that the people that live on the island can access and harness but i guess fantasy island it, it, the same idea a tropical island that that wishes or fantasies can come true uh, unbelievable things can happen, but there's just the fundamental differences in that the the island in Fantasy Island can actually create characters and create human seeming things out of black liquid that can interact with you. Whereas on Lost, there were actually just inhabitants, the natives of the island that were doing the island's bidding or doing things that I guess in benefit of the island, you know. Now, I'm going to jump all the way to Lost because I brought it up and it got me thinking because you're much more of a Lost buff than I am. Did they ever full circle come around and say what that big monster was that made that loud noise, the big smoke pillar and all that sort of stuff that would, in the very first opening, like the pilot, that was like, oh, what's that? Tearing down trees, blah, blah, blah. And then we know it's like it's something in smoke and all that sort of stuff. What was that? Yeah, it's uh, it's the man in black. He was... um jacob's brother on the island adoptive brother i guess and they grew up together and he wants to escape the island but he's evil and jacob needs to keep him on the island but he can turn into a smoke monster and kill spoilers for lost everybody if you haven't seen the show back from 2004 um uh, uh and he could just kill and his goal is just to get off the island and jacob's goal is to keep him on the island and then that's what the inhabitants they needed to keep him on the island that's what Locke needed to do i mean that's that's the smoke monster for you got it so he could actually turn into the smoke monster Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There, there were so many plot points and so many, everything in loss that it was just kind of threw me a loop. But now looking at fantasy Island, you have what four different characters, main like groups, like the two guys, the brothers, um, the, the one girl with one of the daughter, the one, the one of revenge and the military guy. So you have four different groups and four different stories basically telling at the same time. I think as far as storytelling wise, they did a pretty decent job piecing it together where you're not feeling too lost, not, Pun, no, no pun intended with the Lost TV show, but you don't feel too lost in general because you're tracking along with the story, which is rather neat. But at the same time, they do a really good job walking you through that entire timeline of them at the island working or seeing, to, not really necessarily working together, but seeing each other, um, interacting, them going on their own timeline or their own like little story, side story. But then Maggie, uh, whatever her name is, um, going back and getting new fantasy and seeing like, hey, I left the kettle burning and started a fire and then ran around. So you're after that, you've already seen all these other characters and this one scene pieces everything together. So I, if I were to pick one scene, now there's so many, different things inside this movie. It was hard for me to pick one scene that I really thought was, this is a good, like I could watch this one over again. And I think it's really, re- it, it goes down to the fact of my grade. I'll get to the grade in just a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one scene that I enjoyed the most 
was that scene where she goes and she starts figuring things out and she almost dies inside, you know, the fire. She couldn't actually, you know, save, save the guy. Um, that was probably my favorite scene because wheels started turning in my brain. Like, Oh, this is what's really happening. It, Cause everything else was just, eh, it was just okay. Like the military scenes were just okay. Uh, no, actually they were pretty, that poor. was my, um, that was my least favorite of the four arcs. The, the military one. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. I wouldn't say, yeah, no, it was horrible. I really, really didn't like it. It was just, it was just like, oh, this is just sad. It, I, mm-hmm. They didn't have anything really to, other than like, oh, you're my dad. You're leaving. Oh, I'm going to shoot you and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it was sad. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, 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 you said the storytelling, right? Not only the storytelling was great with those four different stories. And like you said, but also the character development. When they first arrived on the island, they were having drinks in the house and then everybody separated and stuff. Um, I just... I was really getting into the story and I understood each of the characters and their motivation. And then I was, I was so drawn into each person's story, maybe other than the military guy, everyone else. I love the story, seeing Gwen hook up with her old boyfriend. And then now they have a kid. That was pretty cool. Seeing the woman, uh, seeing Melanie torture Sloan. That was my favorite scene, the whole torture scene. And then saving her at the end, because you know, you go from wanting to torture thinking it's fake and it looks like she's kind of having fun. Hey, this is a fake torture thing. And then all of a sudden it seems real. And I, I was like, Oh, snaps. Like in the theater, I was like making faces because like she sees the video of Sloan cheating on her husband and she, publishes on facebook i'm all oh my gosh if that happened in real life like i was so drawn in i love the storytelling and the character aspects like you had mentioned right there but the army guy maybe for whatever reason i don't know why maybe they just didn't pull it off well it was just kind of boring like you said yeah his character from beginning to end it, uh, even just him in the fire like um and we i get it that's why she was mad at him because he didn't actually go in um to the fire to try to save him but like his whole character like everything about it was just like oh this is a waste of time watching mm-hmm. what he's doing like it literally like doesn't it. help yeah didn't help but i i do love seeing um oh man i can't remember his name he was on cliffhanger he was in uh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Yes. I thought it was cool. <laughs> just that, literally a five second cameo almost. It's like, hey, let's just bring yeah. Michael Rooker in. Let's pay him for one day. He all he needs to do is smile or not really smile, but like, you know, give like four lines and then call it a day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I agree with you there. He was underused. And now that you mentioned Michael Rooker, this is perfect because going into the movie, the very beginning, I had I only knew Miguel Pena or Michael Pena was going to be in it. But then you start seeing the credits. You see Jimmy O. Yang, Kim Coates, um, Michael Rooker's name, Maggie Q. And I'm all, whoa, those are some great actors, like actors I like to see on screen. You know, I got excited. I think that's what helped. I got excited from the very beginning, seeing their names on screen. Yeah, it was a good cast. And I think I didn't I didn't come across at any time, like, oh, this is bad acting or, you know, this is bad, like taking me out of mm-hmm. the movie. I, I didn't get that, get that sense at all. Um, I did like how the island was more, it, it wasn't the bad thing. It was the person that was the bad thing, which was rather interesting. But what, okay, so what was your favorite scene out of the entire movie? Uh, it was the torture scene. That was that was definitely because okay, I was so that. into it, and I felt for Sloane, even though she cheated on her husband. She's kidnapped. She's getting tortured now. She's getting shocked. Water dumped on her. I felt really bad for her, and my emotional, like I was emotionally invested in that scene, and I loved how Melanie decided to turn the tables, dump the water, shocked him, and then saved her. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, I 
I thought everything was fine other than the guy trying to come in and kill her. That was like, mm-hmm. I, I, she did that lady, the bad lady deserved everything. You know, the, the blonde girl, she literally deserved everything. All that stuff going on Facebook, all she deserved every bit of that, but the killing that was like definitely <laughs> over the top. So yeah. what was your, before we get into lessons, what was your grade for the movie? Uh, B plus. Wow. That high. Yeah, I, Yep, I really enjoyed it. I don't know how rewatchable it is. I'll definitely watch it again on on Netflix or hopefully it comes out on Netflix or something so I can watch it for free, you know. But I'll definitely watch it again in the future. But it's not something that I think I can watch over and over again. But at the end of the movie, you said we're going to talk about lessons. At the end of the movie, we uh, we learn what Jimmy O. Yang's T is. And it's tattoo. That means he's going to be his assistant tattoo like Herve Village has, you know, in the original show. And then so now we're going to get... Assuming this does good, I looked at the Rotten Tomato score, 10% critics, 47% audience. Who knows if it'll get um, uh, a sequel, but I give it a B plus. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I, I maybe I'm completely drawing Blake. What is it? What do you mean by tattoo and all that sort of stuff? The original show had um, um, Ricardo Montalban was, you know, the, Mr. Rourke, the one in charge of the island. Oh, wait, wait. So this was, a, was this a movie before or was this a TV No, it was show? a TV show back from when we were before. I think maybe even it was on before we were born, like in the early 70s, maybe late 70s. But he had a Hervé Villachez, the, the midget. Got it. You know, boss, the plane, boss, the plane. No, you might have seen that somewhere. I no idea His name what was that was tattoo. From. Yeah. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. got it. Yep. So, and so now I had no Jimmy idea Yang was, is going to be the new tattoo. <laughs> the plane, boss, the plane. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had no idea that this was, I had knew if there were other fantasy islands. I kind of like perceived there probably has been something, but I had no idea there's a TV show or I never thought to look up anything in the past. So that's pretty interesting that they're, you know, hearkening back to that. So that's pretty fun. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so I really enjoyed that. Do you, did you, uh, do you recall where we saw Jimmy O. Yang most recently? No, I don't. He was in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. He was the one that threw the big party on the boat that was shooting like an RPG off into the oh, water. Oh, that was him? Mm-hmm. Uh, Same actor. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, all those yeah. Asians, they look alike. So I... <laughs> <laughs> they do, huh? <laughs> For everybody not, not knowing, Sky and I are both half Japanese. <laughs> and so I just thought uh, that was pretty funny to say. Yep, yep, for sure. So, Dust, what was your very first lesson then? My very first lesson is a few things, but it leads... Uh, I mean, they all tie together. But it's never leave the room when the stove is on. Never leave the room when you have a baby in the tub. I kind of, I'm extrapolating. Never leave the room when the stove is on. Never leave the room when a baby's in the tub. Never turn your back on a kid or kids that are swimming in the pool. And I'll give you a story. Obviously, we see what happens when you leave the stove on, catches it on fire. In fact, literally, just right before we jumped on, I was watching Shark Tank. And Shark Tank, there was a guy who was a fireman. And he thought the number one fires, they start in America from a stove, catching on fire, people leaving them on. And so he created a a device that plugs into the wall outlet, and then your stove plugs into that. And as soon as that device hears the beep, 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 beep from the smoke alarm, it shuts off the entire uh, source of the heat. And so what he says was the smoke precedes the fire. So you're, it's going to, uh, almost 99% of the time, it's going to stop all the fires. So thinking of the fires, but then I also started thinking about um, a lady literally leaving her baby. She jumped on Facebook. At least this is what she says. She went in, went in a room and went on Facebook on her computer with the baby in the bathtub. The baby drowned. 
really oh. horrible, sad. But there's also one thing personally. I think my um, I had two kids at the time. We had our pool. We had some friends over. They were swimming, and our oldest Ellie. I want to say she was maybe like four, so she couldn't swim at all on her own. And um, I, I she wanted to get out of the pool, so I was okay. Let's get out of the pool, and I come out, and then she somehow snuck back in or something happened and I kind of turned away, but every, all the other parents were kind of facing away and I turn away cause I'm picking up something and I knew, I thought I should be looking, but I didn't, I was looking down. Ellie jumped in the pool and was almost like, she was basically drowning. And the, her friend who was maybe a year older started laughing. Cause he didn't know. He was like, ah, you know, she can't swim. Then the, my friend's dad, Oh, you know him. His name's Sam. Comes up and gra- grabs her, picks her because he didn't know. He heard the laughing. It's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I'm uh, just thinking of it, telling that story. Really got my heart racing because when I got done, I was like, I am never turning my back on this again, especially for kids who cannot swim. So that was a huge lesson for me in teaching my kids because they're learning how to use the stove. Like li- literally, never leave the room when the stove is on. You stay in the kitchen the entire time until it turns off. Yep, for sure. Really good lesson right there. 100%. Don't turn your back on a dangerous, whatever, whatever it is. Like you said, kid in a pool, source of fire, that kind of stuff. I love that lesson. Let's see here. My first lesson is um, uh, what goes around comes around, right? In the Initially, we learned the original thing was Melanie was bullied by Sloan. So now her fantasy is to get revenge back on Sloan. Well, uh, not that she deserved to be tortured and shocked and stuff, but you can expect uh, eventually if, if somebody that you'd mistreated early on, if they now have power to do something against you to get revenge against you, there's a good chance uh, what you gave is going to come right back at you. So be careful who you mistreat in this life and actually don't mistreat anybody. And Salone is so stupid. She did not learn from any movies. If she would watch this or watch our po- or listen to our podcast, watch us on YouTube, she'll learn lessons. And we haven't covered this one, but this should be a one that we should cover really, really soon because this is very applicable here. Because if Sloan was watching, she would say, hey, Billy Madison, he called his, his guy that he bullied. And he said, hey, I'm so sorry. I was a horrible person. I, re- I would you apologize? I apologize. Would you please forgive me for bullying you all those years? I was just disgusting. I am sorry. And Steve Buscemi says, yeah, okay. And then click. And then (laughs) Steve Buscemi pulls up a list of people he's going to kill and scratches his Billy Madison's name off the list. If she would have learned that a long time ago, she would have called and said, I am wrong for doing that. And now, uh oh, she's all she in this movie, she almost dies. But yeah, so she should right. be watching that's, movies that's and a learning. Perfect lesson. lesson. Make amends while you have the chance. That's a good lesson, Dust. Awesome. For sure. So, my so what's your second, second one? Yeah, my second lesson is always carry a weapon. No matter if it's you don't have they, you know, take away weapons, but you're walking around, you're like John Wick, grab a pencil. You know, you want to make sure you always have something on you. And I first, literally first thought of that, that when Sloan was running around in the, the forest, you know, running around um, and she was like kicking and stuff of, of the guys, I'm, I would be grabbing for weapons, not grabbing for a phone. Like who knows to call this place? Like that's just stupid. I'm literally, I'm on an island anyways. So I'm going to be dr- grabbing for any sort of weapons possible. All, I always carry a pocket knife. I think you said you always carry a pocket knife on you, don't you? Yes. Yeah, something like that. And carrying a, I always like carrying a sidearm or a pistol as well. Uh, I have a concealed carry permit, uh, but I'm always carrying. Just it gives me that extra couple seconds to get my family far, far away and get us all to safety. For sure, good point there. Good point. Uh, let's see. My second lesson is uh, never separate. 
when they go down in the caves and they say, let's split up. No, it, in any horror movie, we know that's a bad thing, but there's always strength and power in numbers, right? When you're fighting any kind of adversary, even if they're supernatural, you don't know what they are. Yeah, you don't separate. You always stay together. Bad move in any uh, dire situation. So thinking of that, is it better, would you pick, if you're in a line, you can't pick the middle. You either in the front or the back of the line, where would you be? Oh, like if we're traveling through caves. Yeah, we're traveling through a cave and there's like maybe, let's just say three people and you cannot be in the middle one. That one's already taken. Um, and you would need to be the front or the back. Which one would you pick? If I think I know where I'm going, I would take the front. But if I have no idea and someone else has been in the cave before, I'm taking the back so I can guard the rear while they guide us through. So what if you have no clue? You're literally trying to figure it all out. Oh, then I'm taking the front. If if all three of us don't know squat, I'm in front. Because <laughs> I was thinking the back, especially if people are coming to get you, you better be walking backwards facing behind you because that's well, like I watched a YouTube video once. Actually, it was like on some news or something, but there was this kid who was sitting down and he was facing away from a lion. And then the kid is looking at the parents and then he turns around and looks at the lion. The lion's maybe, I want to say 30, 40 feet away. And the lion starts creeping up right behind the kid. And as soon as the kid turns and looks at the lion, the lion stops and just looks at him and just pauses. And the kid's still looking at him, kind of smiling. And then he pauses more. The lion's just perfectly dead still. As soon, literally as soon as that kid turned away to look at the parents again, the lion bolts at the that the kid and runs into the glass because it was at a zoo and was literally going to take that kid and eat it. Oh, but yeah, so crap. Yeah, I know. It, and so it's on film. I bet you could l- probably look it up. Um, maybe like lion attacks kid or l- l- something like that. But it was super amazing. But if you're in the back, you better have eyes in the back of your head or walk backwards. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. You know, now that you said that, if you ever watch uh, a horror movie and stuff, and when it's a crazy situation, right, people, they can't access their logic centers. I would like to think I can. So maybe I should be in the back because I think I would be more capable than a lot of other people to pay attention to what's behind me, what's coming up possibly behind us, while you, people who are maybe scared, are strictly looking forward. So maybe I could, I would be better in the back than Joe Schmo. That who's somebody who I don't know who I can't trust to be paying attention behind us. Yeah, that's a good point. Or just let him go, like let him get taken. And you're like, okay, now I know something's coming after us. Now I'll go in the back. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That works too. Yeah. <laughs> so my third lesson comes with um when the girls were being chased by the guy with his, you know, lips stapled. What was that about? Like that was were we supposed to know what that guy is with his lips stapled? Well, he was Dr. Torture. He was the therapist that Melanie said was a terrible therapist and didn't help her out at all. And for whatever reason, he came in with this. Maybe they were just trying to add a scary horror element that didn't need to be there. Got it. Okay. It was just rather interesting. I was like, should I know who this guy is? This is weird. But when they're walking through the wood or the, the forest or, you know, the, the um, uh, jungle and you have, what was his name again? Uh, the guy was on law or on a, a cliffhanger and stuff. Oh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. So they're following together. Michael Rooker's telling them, hey, stop being stupid. You know, apologize to each other. And then Dr. Torture comes in. Well, Michael Rooker, he realizes at the very end, hey, I'm going to save these two girls. He goes and tackles 
Dr. Torture and goes off the cliff. I'm like, dude, at least try to kick him. Try to do anything to not go off the cliff with him. That's your last case. Uh, like, that's your worst situation is you have to go over because he's literally going to kill everybody. So you just kick first. You do everything you can to get him off and kind of ties into, you know, if somebody's literally throwing you off a cliff, you are obviously trying to not go off the cliff. But the second thing is you're grabbing onto them and pulling them with you because then, hey, at least, you know, you're not just, yeah, you're falling, just flailing your arms. But yeah, so I think Michael Rooker should have kicked and did everything to get that guy off the ledge as opposed to both of them going off. And then at the same time, you know this dude is going to be, um, he's going to come back to life. So even if he falls off the cliff, he's still going to come back to life. So it's just, uh, I just thought that was rather silly. Yeah, for sure. Is that so? Is that a combination life lesson and a Monday morning quarterback for you? No, actually. Well, so it's a life lesson, but the Monday morning quarterback is um, Melanie should have just offed them all, like all four of them. Instead of like putting through this sort of stuff, she literally should just off them all and say, just, hey, firing squad. That's all I need. I don't need to play these stupid games and uh, firing squad. You're done. Yep, exactly. That was my exact Monday morning quarterback. You're just wasting time trying to give them what could be a good experience. And now you're going to flip the script and now kill them. Forget making them happy for a time. It's not like revenge is going to be any sweeter. You want them dead. That's what you should have done in the first place. So I I'm down you and I same Monday morning quarterback. That's awesome. Yep. Yes. But I think my, oh, oh, oh yeah, I have, I was going to get my grade. I forgot you haven't given your third lesson. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my third lesson is regret is a disease. And I think Mr. Rourke or Michael Pena said that to Maggie. And that's absolutely true, right? Looking back on your life, regretting the things that you've done, you can't change them because they've already done them. What you should do is try to learn from those mistakes to not repeat them in the future. Make amends, like you said, if you have to do that, right? Or if that's a possibility, make amends for it. But yeah, don't let that regret just eat you up inside because because of that regret, she wasn't able to marry the man of her dreams and then eventually have that daughter that she could have had and would have loved, you know? Uh, so I, I really, I've never heard that before. Regret is a disease, but I do agree with it. I completely agree. And I never live in the past. Like I never, uh, anything that's happened in the past, obviously it's it's um, something that has changed you. That's hopefully helped you to grow. I'm always looking forward, always seeing how I can get better, how I can grow to, you know, make my family better, make my life better, make the people around me um, more enjoy or help them to be more enjoyable or that's not the right way. Like I'm not enjoying that, but like help them have better lives. Like just help other people. The, I find that the more people that I serve, the better my life gets. And if I live in regret, if I live in the past, I wish I would, I wish I would, I wish I would have. It's literally just going to eat you up and then take away years of your life. So that's a great point. Yep, for sure. So what was, I said B plus already for my grade. What's your grade? Well, because I am not going to watch it again, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. And remember, you and I, we try to stay away from C's because it's C is too easy of a grade to give. Too easy to throw that C in there. So I want to give it a B minus because I did enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm literally never going to watch it again. Mm. Um, I'm probably going to forget about it in the next, you know, six months or something like that. So I'm going to have to give it a D plus just because, but I did enjoy it. Now, I, I'm not, and again, you have to understand my grading factor, like how I grade movies is if I'm going to watch them again, if I really, really loved it. But then again, I don't watch very many movies over. So you know what? I'm going to have to, I think after just thinking about, because if somebody's going to say, hey, Dustin gave it a D plus, well, it's better than a D plus in my opinion. You know, D plus says like literally don't watch it. 
But I, I maybe then he switched my grading scale instead of saying, if I would watch it again, did I enjoy it watching it now? So I'm going to give it a B minus because I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I'm going to skip over that C grade because we know that's so easy to give out. I'm going to give it a B minus because I I had I had fun. I enjoyed it. There were some parts that were kind of like irritating, um, like the the uh, the cartel guys that came in and took over that house. You know, like they literally cannot die. So it's like, oh, how come the good guys can die but the bad guys can't? Obviously, it's the island taking you know, picking who. But yeah. like a, a couple of little things were in, they were a little irritating in that. But at the same time. I had an enjoyable time when I got out of the movie. I was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. They pieced the story well together. So I'm going to re I'm going to, I'm going to adjust, not readjust, but adjust my grading scale and say, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a B minus. Good man. Good. I gave that B plus. So we're in, in the B level for both of us. So, Oh, one last thing, or maybe any, anything else, but uh, what is the movie prop you'd like to own from this one? So I'm going to guess what yours is. It's Enrique. <laughs> <laughs> No, not the shotgun. The shotgun. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, oh, that's not a bad idea. At first, I thought Alejandro's Speedo. I'll take Alejandro's Speedo. But then oh, I thought, no, Alejandro. I said Enrique. I, I'm sorry. You said I Enrique. Alejandro. Yeah. I, I, no, I totally take, butchered that joke. <laughs> that's okay. I'll take Chastity's bikini. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. So the only two things that came to mind that would actually be pretty decent were, were the. Um, uh, Rourke's ring was number one, but also the grenade. I thought mm. the grenade would be pretty fun to have as well. Yeah. But then also, um, uh, what was his name? Not Enrique. What was it? Alejandro. Uh, Alejandro. Yeah, the shotgun. Alejandro. I, I was like, that, wait, 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 which, pretty... wait. Wasn't Alejandro the one of the one of the sexy gay guys? Yeah. Oh, and they also called the gun Alejandro, huh? Yes, yes. Okay, they okay. Now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did, okay. You you took that joke went way over your head. Plus yeah, it, it did. It name. did for a second. And I you forgot the gun together. was Alejandro. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. No, nobody accused you of being quick witted. So we're we're good nope. there. <laughs> no, nope, nobody ever has. Cool beans, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So, or, but I, you know, between the two, between the ring and the grenade, um, the ring is okay. I I think I'm gonna have to go with the grenade. Hmm. Okay, cool. I'm keeping Chastity's bikini, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, let me see. You're just looking at my notes. Uh, Oh, you know, um, I was really happy that Jimmy O. Yang's character, Brax, decided to stay on the island. Uh, And I I, I was sad when his brother died. When his brother got shot in the chest, I was all, is he going to live? And I thought to myself, no, he got shot in the chest. How can he live? And so I was bummed when he died, but I was happy when he came back at the end, looked back behind the pilot seat, you know, and and said, hey, Brax is staying. I'm coming. I, I enjoyed that aspect of the movie. I agree. Yeah. So beginning and I'm, I, I'm pretty solid with a B minus. I think it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I won't watch it again, but I would say that people, if they have a, a desire for a good story, um, a little, a lot of suspense as well, but then also mixing intertwining stories together. I thought it was really good. Cool beans. Cool. So, um, any last words, dust? Was that the last word? That was it for me. Okay, cool beans. So we kind of chose this movie together, but next week there's nothing new in theaters that I want to watch, but I want to expose you to a movie I doubt you've heard of, but I absolutely loved it. It is called One Cut of the Dead. Have you heard of it? (laughs) No, I have not. How old is this and when did you watch it? It came out last year, 2019. It's a Japanese horror zombie movie. One Cut of the Dead, 
It cost twenty five thousand to make. Oh my god! It has goodness. grossed thirty one million so far. Oh, it I is want one of the most profitable. Yes, one of the most profitable movies of all time. It is so freaking good. I am not going to tell you anything about it. Just go to Amazon, rent it. Don't don't read. Don't do nothing. Don't look up anything online. You don't okay. want to be anything. Yeah, just watch the movie. Um, you're gonna love it. I guarantee. And I'm, I'm really I, looking I, forward to to discussing it with you. I'm very intrigued. Like I'm actually yep. genuinely like this might be pretty fun. Like I, if if it costs twenty five thousand dollars to make, but it grossed that much thirty one million. You said I'm just yes. I'm blown away. Like if you said it cost twenty five thousand and they made a million dollars, I'm like uh, I'll pass. Thirty one <laughs> million. I'm like that's 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 nothing to shake a stick at. So absolutely, no, it's not one yep, yep, cut no. from the dead. One cut of the dead. Of the dead. Yep. Got it. Yep. You're going to absolutely love it. I guarantee. So uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for your eyeballs as well, right? So if uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. All you got to do is send them to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 88 or watchandlearnpodcast.com slash YouTube for the videos as well. All righty. Well, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with one cut of the dead. Mm-hmm.